The following program is produced and powered by StraightRadio.com. Hey, y'all. It's your boy, Desi. Welcome to the Random Podcast. This show is sponsored by StraightRadio.com, and I'm here to have fun. We're going to have a great show today. I'm going to give you guys a downplay of my week, what I do, what I've been doing, what I've been up to, and what I got going on. Other than that, man, I hope you guys are feeling good out there, and I hope you guys are ready for an awesome episode. Yeah, man, this is the Random Podcast, so you never know where the hell or what direction I'm going to go at you or come from. I had an awesome weekend this weekend, man. Matter of fact, I had a Sean White Plains Comedy Club. It was cool as hell. A little dry, but I had a good-ass time down there. The owners was cool, and I got to um, get free steak. But it was a good-ass time. The check was there on time. The water was a little tap, but the wine was tasty as hell. But I had a good time in White Plains Comedy Club, and it's good to have comedy in Westchester because there's not a lot of clubs. Oh, you got to go to the city. You got to go to Brooklyn, Staten Island, but I had a good time. And then Saturday, I got to hang out with one of my good friends from L.A., Rito Brown, who had me hang with him and Damon Wayans Jr. down at Carolina. He's funny as shit. I don't know if he was funny as his father, but he was funny as hell, man. Very, very cool, laid-back dude. Gave me some gems, some tips as far as writing game and, and how to go about my business and how to make things work for me. And I also did some studying this week. Deion Cole dropped a special this weekend. It's called Cold-Hearted. Funny as shit. We had a joke in there about, um, I don't want to get to the people, but people with broken wrists about slap, how they speak. They got their own, what's what's the word? They got their own um, symbol for when they talk. It's a thing called slap. Slap is abbreviated for sounds like a plan. He had a lot of great topics in there, and it motivated me to write some more and to get more titles for my writing. So, yeah, my week was pretty exciting. I enjoyed that. But... Once again, the listeners, this is a random podcast. I'm be all over the place talking about some random shit. The first thing I want to talk about is uh, relationships, deal breakers, the do's and don'ts of relationships. What to make you stay and want to make you go. Now, most relationship guys don't like to take accountability for fucking up until it's over because women are quote unquote perfect. It's all Eve for Eve bit the apple, messed the whole world up. <laughs> got niggas <laughs> fucking up and um, doing stupid shit because she bit the apple because she was naked. Now, she had on clothes on. Ain't no man going to follow Eve eating no damn apple with clothes on, but that's neither, neither here nor there. Deal breakers in relationships. It can be good or bad. Like me, for example, I don't like a girl who chew loud. Like, you chew too loud, that, that shit is a turn off to me. You chew too loud, I can't rock with you. That means now we can't go to a silent dinner parties now because you... I got to start feeding you smoothies at the damn restaurant now. I don't like a girl who chew too loud. And I got a lot of female friends. They tell me they deal breakers with guys is one of the main things is money. And I get it. You want the, the big house, the fence, the car and stuff. But, ma'am, you on Section 8. How are you complaining about money and you behind on your rent? Your rent is $12 a month and you late with the rent and whatnot. But these are deal breakers that occurs in more relationships. And I think most deal breakers occur after the, I want to say the second or third year, because the first year, the first four months is the honeymoon stage. Y'all holding hands, y'all taking pictures, you bring her everywhere. And that shit is cool and sweet. But after that first year, man, after that first vacation, shit changed. You start um not holding her hand, you don't send her no more good morning texts, and everything just slow down and trickle down. It's because guys, we get comfortable after a while. In the beginning, we don't care about you sleeping with your scarf or you snoring and stuff like that. That's cool. But after a year, uh, that shit is annoying. <laughs> now, you become the topic of our group chat, man. I can't stand this bitch. <laughs> it becomes annoying. And, then, and and the deal breakers don't occur until you guys move in. Because when you don't live with each other, it's sweet. You see her once a week. You get, Your house is messy. You don't got to worry about hearing complaints about taking out the garbage and washing the dishes. Because most guys' houses, it's clean to us. 
We take out the garbage once a week. But you go to a woman's house, that shit is spotless. Ain't no dishes in the sink. They bathroom is clean. Guys only care about our TV being clean and what time the game is on. I, I love what I do. I'm st- once again, my listeners out there, I'm going to keep repeating myself. I am a stand-up comedian. I love it, but I hate it some nights. The love I get from it is the, the reaction from the crowd, the fan love, the pictures, the traveling, the money. What I hate about it, though, man, is the way the world is set up today, the world is so damn sensitive. You can't say nothing now because everything is a fine. Like, for example, Kevin Hart, he's supposed to host the Oscars. Big, big deal for Kevin Hart to host the Oscars. But they brought up tweets from 10 years ago about him joking on... um. I call them Transformers. He was joking on Transformers and guys with broken wrists. I ain't going to say it because I ain't trying to get fined. But the world shouldn't be sensitive about shit like that. In the 60s, it was worse than that. You, do you know cowboys were gay? <laughs> but they labeled as heroes for saving the woman every damn cowboy ever. So cowboys were gay rapists. People didn't even know that. <laughs> they were gay rapists, but they get badges and, and, and become sheriffs and shit. But they don't get brought back up. The world being so sensitive, it holds me back at times when I do shows because... The way, once again, the way my mind think, I'm random. So the topic I discuss is shit people are scared to say. Like I had a show one time in uh, Virginia, and a few years ago it was an incident with the plane being missing, right? Now once again, I'm one of those comments who I'm raw and I jump out the window because I don't give a damn if you like it or not. This shit is funny as fuck to me. So the joke goes how the plane was missing and everybody's sad and worried about the missing plane. I said, well, y'all worry about the missing plane. What about the people that's on the plane? They still on the clock. That's that's mad overtime. That's <laughs> So the crowd got butt-tight at me. Like, <laughs> how could you? Fuck me. How could I say that, man? That's that's a lot of overtime. People can't get jobs out here, but you got niggas on the plane for, for 16 weeks. <laughs> they ain't clock out yet. They just they in real airplane mode just chilling. <laughs> Stuck. And they're not, the plane wasn't even missing. I think the pilot just got drunk and said, man, you know, what man because everybody hate their job you know man I'm, <laughs> I'm sick of my goddamn boss he tell me come at eight o'clock every saturday fuck that i'm putting myself on vacation so i think they just want their own vacation but once again the world being sensitive you got to watch everything you say and i think that's hurting the art of comedy because comics we have a third eye our job is to turn pain into laughter i can't spoon feed you what you want to hear no i'm going to discuss what i want to talk about like for example i got a cousin and he handicapped but he the biggest, booziest drug dealer in the world. And he don't want to believe that he's handicapped. Like we go shop, we go to the mall, and there's no parkers in the mall on Black Friday. This motherfucker, he's ashamed to park in the handicapped spot. I'm like, dog, you got half a body. You don't take this goddamn spot, he won't park all the way on the other side of the mall. Now, I just go on stage and say that shit. <laughs> World's too sensitive, man. You, you guys have to loosen up and understand that some things need to be said and some things need to be heard, man. I, I'm not going to hold my tongue nor bite my tongue. There's a comic out there named Corey Hogan, one of my favorite comics. He's very raw and strict, and he's a comic that jumps on the edge. He has a joke about um abortions, right? <laughs> he said how... He got a girl pregnant. He didn't want to take her to the abortion clinic, so he took her to Six Flags and put her on all the roller coasters. That shit is hilarious to me. Because <laughs> the first of all, abortion is about $700. Six Flags is $60, and that's without the speed pass. So like, like stuff like that, the world cries about and gets sensitive about. I, I love it. Yeah, I went to the movie this week, and I had to go see that movie, The Joker. Very, very interesting. It was cool. Before I got to the movie, though, I didn't like how much I spent before I sat down. Like, the popcorn was $15. The soda was about 
$22. I don't even drink soda. But, so I was already mad before I went to the damn movie theater to sit down. But I saw the movie and I wish I'd get my two hours back. It's about an autistic man wearing makeup, <laughs> running around, killing people and trying to find out who his father is. So the Joker might be half black, if you ask me, because he ain't found out who his daddy was to the end. Now, I thought the nigga dad was Tom Wayne. Bruce Wayne's father, but it wasn't. He was just in love with him, and the Joker's actually, he's a comedian too. He had mental issues, but his his comedy was raw, but he would bomb. So this dude would do shows just to not get laughed at, and what I did take from the movie is that people with mental issues have feelings too, whether they know what's going on or not, but that movie <laughs> is really for the autistic. I'm not gonna lie to you. This guy was was just, just bugging out, stabbing people. He went on live TV because they had a late night show around, I think the movie took place in the 70s. He went on live TV and shot the host on live TV and smiled, didn't move or nothing. So what I got from that movie was don't trust white people with makeup on that wear suits in the summer because it was July. This nigga was wearing a purple suit with lipstick on and just running around the Bronx. He was on the, the, the stairs in the high bridge, the, the, the stairs on 167. First of all, them steps, it's about 600 steps over there in 167 so I, I didn't uh, like I said I wish I could get my two hours back and my $70 back that, that I spent before I sat down and watched this autistic man running around the Bronx stabbing people and kissing people and stuff like that but I'm glad I went also this week the last episode of Power this shit getting spicy they killed Lala ass the Lakeisha yeah they killed Lakeisha they took her ass out she was gonna fold on Tommy and this this goes into the fact of relationships it, it's things that comes with relationships it's baggage that come Tommy as you all know is a well known gangster the drug the drug king the drug pen she couldn't take that life no more and the feds applied pressure to her ass and she was gonna tell on Tommy ass she was gonna tell everything that nigga did in third grade but the, the downplay of that was the feds pressure her to say hey either you tell on Tommy would take your son as a mother as a parent I'm like what well, they son took me away so I was like fuck this nigga I, I need I get another nigga I can't get another son but you know Tommy's boo boo got shot in the head by a ghost wife ghost wife popped popped her ass like a pimple yeah but other than that, when we get back though I got a lot more to talk about I have a special guest we, we, like I said this is a random podcast we're gonna get to some random shit be back shortly straightradio.com Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to Random Podcast. I'm here with y'all, man. I, I, um, comedy's weird, man. I love comedy. But as I said, man, it is, it's good nights and it's bad nights with it. Now, of course, when you first get into anything, whether it's comedy, poetry, rapping, your first thought is, I'm going to be a celebrity and fame. And, and in this game, sometimes it's not about the fame. It's more about the career. I know comics who make more than doctors. Comics have a crazy car collection that you never heard of. But it's just the, the BS you got to go through as a comic. Like, for example, the shows. I done did shows in barbershops, janitor closets. And these shows be in the worst neighborhood. And there's no security there. So I gotta, you got to have your own. You got to leave the show safely with either all your money or with all your stuff. And it's just at times as a comic you you feel stuck because you're you're in this barrel of uh, another bar show uh, another show in the barber shop oh, I gotta do underneath funerals and, and these shows yes the money is good but it's just a whole getting stuck man and and, and 
life, no matter what you do, you want to grow and, and elevate. You don't want to be a barber for six years. You only get fucking four customers <laughs> the whole six years you're there. You want your customers and your clientele to grow. So I said that to say comedy can 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 make or break your your spirit at times. Man, it's nights where I'm just like, man, fuck this shit. I'm going back to school. I'm learn how to fix sinks. I'm be a plumber or something. But I keep going because I know the long road and the long journey and the ends of it and whatnot. And the bad thing about the business is it's shady promoters. You have promoters who try to get over on you and they put you on these bullshit shows. They want to say, you know what? I'm going to do a crab fest. I'm going to charge the people $70, but I got $40 for you to do 40 minutes. First of all, motherfucker, the show was all the way in New Jersey. I'm not coming to New Jersey for $40. For a lot, I might as well stay home and just fucking bet on Bitcoin or invest in some bullshit and stuff like that. But comedy is another separate relationship. You have to love it and hate it. It's, it's your girlfriend because, once again, it's nights when you love your girlfriend. You want to be with her all the time. It's all about her. One, 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 one. Then it's nights when, man, I can't stand this bitch. She breathed again. I'm choking the shit out of her, man. And, and it's just, you want to get out of that level and that's kind of where I was at a few years ago because in this game and in life, you have disappointments. Now, the good thing about disappointments is you either could get stuck there or you can outcome and outgrow that disappointment. Like, prime example, it was a comic from Philadelphia. His name was Clint Coley. Just moved to New York. He ain't know nobody. He knew me, though. I was his plug. So we got together. We was cool. Blah, blah, blah. He took me on my first college tour. We did like 12 colleges. Now, the first four, I didn't get paid shit, but we got there safely and the food at the college was good. And for me, it was more so the experience and, and more so just being on the road and coming back home saying, hey, man, I did a college show, blah, 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 blah. And it was gaining that fan base. But what happened with me and Clint Coley was he ended up going on tour with Tracy Morgan. Tracy Morgan, of course, he's the man, blah, blah, blah. So after that, he started going on tour with D.L. Hughley. So now D.L. Hughley helped him get a Netflix special. And he hired me to be one of his main writers for the Netflix specials. So for a whole year, I'm giving Clint Coley my nights, an hour out of my life, just writing for him. I could be out with my boys at Blockheads, but if I get that email or call, I have to leave what I'm doing for this project. Now, in the beginning, when I first got the, the offer and the project and the the whole invite I saw yeah, is I could quit my job. This I'm writing for Netflix. I told I told my close peers, which I learned in comedy too. Sometimes you gotta keep secrets in your pocket until it's actually done and released. So I'm giving him a year of me writing for him every night, going over jokes. We're still traveling now, hitting the road, working out this material because as as most of you may not know, when you're doing a hour special. A half hour special. It's this thing, comics that we do, we call working out. Working out means going to places, trying jokes, seeing what work and what don't work, what can be tightened and what can be kept and what can be scrapped off. So we, we did what, Maryland? We did a University of Virginia. We did Boston College. Now, Boston College, we had a fight. We had an argument there because another thing in comedy is sometimes the guy that they came to see can't follow the guy before him. And I smoked him that night, meaning I had a crazy set and he couldn't follow me. I made his ass work. So we had an argument about uh, take your gas off the brakes when you were up there. Mother, no, nigga, I'm trying to shine too. I'm trying to get back here by myself. I'm not, once again, I'm not taking my gas off no brakes. If you can't follow me, then that's your problem. I'm not taking my, uh, I'm not dumbing down my comedy for you to make 
make you look good. Nah, this this is a fight. So after that, we didn't speak for a few months, but then I got the call about the Netflix thing, which was cool. It gave him a whole year. Either even went to the tape, and the taping was in Philly at TLA Theater. Yeah, it was at TLA Theater. Sold out. 600 people. Cameras there. I even got a haircut for this shit. Because I, I perform with hats. So if you know me personally, you know I never, I do not perform without no hat. So I perform without no hat. We killed it, blah, blah, blah. And the issue, it became an issue when I wanted my money. I'm like, yo, man, <laughs> you sent me a contract. You said by this day, that day, this day, I should receive this amount of money. Because I, black people, we already make plans with the money we going to spend before we get that shit. We have a habit of that. We'll fucking book a vacation before our income tax come because we know <laughs> that shit is coming March 10th. So we're going to book our trip January 10th. So we was in a group email. Then the people from Netflix wrote back to me and said, hey, um, I don't know if Clint told y'all, but we didn't okay the special. We're going to take care of you guys myself, blah, 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 X, Y, Z. Now, I was waiting for him to tell me because I don't like being lied to. He still never told me what's going on, so I'm playing dumb. And then one day, I just blew up, man. I, I, I exposed him and said, look, bro, I know what's going on. Netflix didn't even okay this shit. They still paid me my money, but I felt you weren't being honest with me if I'm giving you a year of my life, a year of, of my freedom just to work on a project with you. Yes, it's for exposure, cool. But that blew it. And that goes back to me saying how disappointment sometimes leads to better things. So that that let me down. Now, what drew the store was we had a show at Caroline's. Sold out again. This is my third show with Clint. We had a sold out show at Caroline's and my hometown was coming out. This time, I'm better in comedy. I'm stronger. So my support system is different now because they see I'm once again elevating and growing. Two hours before the show, he started texting me lies. Like, yo, man, they might cancel my show because Mike Epps needed it for the night. Now, comedy clubs don't cancel shows last minute unless it's a snowstorm. If a guest comic is in town, he can get on your show and do a guest set. He can work out for about seven or ten minutes, but they're not going to cancel a whole fucking show. So I started getting a uh, hundred texts. Yo, man, I got the email back saying the show canceled, blah, 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 blah. So I called Clint and asked him what happened. He made up this whole big thing about, oh, my guest took over the show. We can't do it there, blah, blah, blah. But when I called the club, the real reason was Clint owed a balance and he didn't tell me that shit. So I, I blew the fuck up. I told him, got the time, Clint moved to LA. I said, man, every time you come to New York, I'm going to beat your ass. <laughs> like, like every time you came, I, th- I threatened him. And I'm not a violent guy, but now you're playing with my livelihood. You're fucking with my spare time that I'm giving you and that I gave you. After that, we didn't speak for five years. And one night, I did hear he was in town. I chased him around the club. That was that was niggerish me, but I was upset. And we cool now. But that show not happening, Netflix not happening, led to me writing and working with Cypher Sounds behind Night 7. So that one bad disappointment led to a great event. Victory. Moral of the story is, man, disappointments are, t- are temporary and don't ever be let down, man. That that one bad decision can lead to something great. Yeah, and that that and the moral of that story was that I ended up working with Cypher Sounds. I became Cypher Sounds writer. He started taking me on the road, and everything turned out good. I mean, me and Clint, we fixed our issue now. But like I said, comedy, man, this, this should have make you hurt somebody. Man, I got a knife now because of comedy. This should have make you hurt somebody. That's just some random shit for your ass, you know. But like I said, it it it, it turned out for the better for me, and I didn't let that stop me to slow me down i'm still getting to it and still grinding Woo! well like i said man i had a random time with y'all today man thank y'all for hanging out with your boy tuning on my random stories my random topics get used to this because we're we gonna be doing this all the time hey if you have social media follow me on twitter at des comedy instagram des comedy facebook desi johnson church sex big no nah, i'm fucking with y'all but yeah fuck me on social media man come check me out and every last friday i'm at yonkers comedy club for the happy hour comedy show and this month i got my motherfucking boy from the black King crew, Walt Miller, come fuck with one of the hottest comics.
Comics in Westchester, man. Your boy Des Comedy. Thank y'all again. I hope you had a random time and y'all be safe. Yeah, yeah.